from spooky legends past, down through generations, to haunted locations that hold a ghostly past. Come one, come all, come blinders and seekers, hear the creepy side of Eva. Welcome to the creepy side of Neba. I am Dan Kozlowski. I'd like to thank all of our new and returning listeners to the creepy side of Neba. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, or follow the creepy side of Neba on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. And if you have time, give us a review. Let us know what you think of the creepy side of Neba. Joining us on the show this evening is paranormal author and researcher Jeffrey A. Dangler. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Jeff, I have come by recently that you published a book that sort of sparked our interest here at the creepy side of NAPA, and it's all about a mansion in Minersville? Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about this mansion and what sort of, I don't know, gravitated you towards this property. Uh, it, happened, it began in June of 2018. Uh, a friend of mine named Brenda, she's, she was a friend with the owner of the mansion that um, Teresa that recently just bought the mansion at that time. Um, she lived in Burst County and then ended up selling her house and seeing the mansion for sale was, was drawn to it. And she purchased the mansion knowing that it needed some work, some renovations, but she really was drawn to this, this property. And once she got there, she started getting, um, experiencing unexplained activity in, in the home, hearing knocks, hearing all kinds of sounds, being feeling being watched. And she told Brenda, and then Brenda knew me from years of being around the paranormal, and Brenda was with me on a few investigations. She called, contacted me, and asked me if I want to go up and check it out and help Teresa. And I was like, absolutely. You know, let's pick a time and day, and I'll go up and see what's going on. We ended up going up, and within maybe 20 minutes we started experiencing activity right away and it's like it was crazy because walking into the the mansion it was built in 1904 has the original woodwork the wallpaper i mean it's like stepping back in time when you walk into this mansion yeah it's i could imagine something. and how do yeah, we keep mentioning the word mansion i'm just assuming is this probably one of the biggest houses in minersville yeah i would think so i don't know i'm sure there's other ones around there i'm not real i'm from burst county so mm -hmm. you know uh, we went up there. It's 20, I think it's 23 plus rooms. Oh, wow. That is for quite large then, yes. Yeah, it's right on the corner of Sunbury Street. And a lot of people know it by Dr. D. Nicola's office that was there for many years from the 60s. Uh, Well-respected physician of, of Minersville. We started experiencing things right away. We heard a guy cough in the next room. <laughs> Everybody heard it and we had no idea. There was nobody there in that room. And we heard a cat, it sounded like a cat jump off the bed and the paws hit the floor that has a distinct sound. And we heard that. And as we're going through the the mansion, just, we kept experiencing things up in the attic. Within a few weeks and stuff of talking and going to the mansion, I thought this, this would be a great story. So I kept track of everything, all of our conversations back and forth. And when we went there, the footage, everything I, I saved throughout three years, I began writing the story. A few weeks into going there, and it was a, about a three and a half year project of writing it and rewriting it. And then finally getting the finished book out about two months ago. 
And have you been getting a good response so far with the book? Has has it been out two months now? Yeah, it's been out. Uh, let me see. Yeah, just before Christmas. I think it was a week before Christmas. I released it, and it's doing very well. I mean, a lot better than for my first book. I'm really happy with it. Now, how long have people. you been investigating the home to write this book? It it was from June of 2018 to June of 2021. It was exactly three years to the day. Okay. My first day I went ended up being, without knowing it, to after the fact that the last day I ended up being in the mansion was actually the anniversary of the first day three years prior. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it does sound kind of strange. Almost like it was <laughs> planned, but it wasn't. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And have you been doing any research on, like, the history of the home? What could have sparked some of this paranormal activity? Yeah, when I first went there, in our heads, you know, it was just um, the last doctor that lived there. So a lot of stuff was concentrating around that kind of questions and stuff. And then I got to go to the courthouse, which, like, in Burst County other counties, when I do research, I can do it online. But in Schuylkill County, at that time, I don't know if they changed it recently, but at that time, you have to actually go to the courthouse, get the old deed books out, you know, and, and look through the pages. Yep. And, and we, my wife and I went up there to the courthouse and did that, took the deed back to the original owner that the house is built. And by the records of there, 1904, uh, Dr. Straub had lived there and his wife, Amanda, back in 1904. And then. So it was that, originally a doctor's home? Right. And I know you his, said in the 60s it was a doctor's home, but I didn't know originally also. Yeah, originally it was a Dr. Straub and his family, and a lot of his sons and stuff were doctors or teacher, you know, professionals. And then later on in, um, I think, 1938, Dr. Pulaski owned it. He was a dentist. They had a, a physician, then a dentist, and then Dr. Dina Cola. So it's a history of, you know, the medical profession and doctors and things in that, the whole history right. of that mansion. What kind of paranormal experiences have you guys encountered over those three years of investigating? Um, well, when we first went in, there was steps, uh, hidden stairs behind a wall. It's a, a nice closet. Like I said, it's woodwork, everything is beautiful woodwork in the, in the mansion. And it looks like a regular closet. And you open it up, and the back wall, they had maybe a foot-by-foot hole in the wall. When Teresa was there renovating, they found this staircase. It was amazing to see this staircase behind the a wall you know it was there for a reason that was because of an apartment because dr pulaski supposedly put made it into three separate apartments in, inside the building and maybe that was why they did that was there another reason i mean there was all these questions start popping up right away as soon as we go into the place that's the first thing they took us to was this hidden stairs so where did that just go to the lower level of the home or the basement uh went from that room right there the hallway closet up to the second floor bedroom okay and then Later on, they lived there and never knew there was this hidden room in the basement. One medium went there. We work with mediums and shaman and all kinds of people I came to know over the years. One of the mediums went to the mansion and she said not to go back there, that there's something back there. That's just stay away from that area. Just let it closed off the way it is. Where the room but was in the basement? Yeah. Okay. She said there, there's, like a, there's like a cork corkboard like wall like screwed into a frame and she said just let that be don't touch it or whatever but me <laughs> i gotta look i gotta i gotta know what's <laughs> going on i gotta you know i gotta look into it curiosity yep. and over time i always wanted to try and go in there but 
you know, what she said, they really didn't want to go in there. But then towards the end, Nadine, the one woman that went with me, we went there and she figured out how to, she did a certain thing on the wall and this door popped open. And it was crazy. It was just totally crazy. It was one of the craziest nights that I ever spent at the mansion. There was doors that went into this room that we found in the basement. And it was just, we didn't know what it was, why it was there. And it was all a mystery. We have ideas now what it might be or could have been or whatever, but it was pretty crazy to be with the, in the basement with Nadine. And we walk into this, this room in the basement that we we're told not to be in. And as we walked in, I don't want to give too much of the book away, but yeah, sure. it's, it's, it's a crazy experience that's in the book. And what we experienced as we walked into this hidden room, it was just really tense and because it was just a lot of unknowns. So do you think maybe it was the haunting of the home is from like patients of the doctors in the past? Or do you think something um, else might have happened on the property? Yeah, I believe my belief is there's things that happen from the history of the place that some of the doctors are still there. People that live there are still in that mansion. They still have something to say. And there's other things that might just pass through for some reason, like maybe the history of the place that people might have died there from being a you know physician back when Straub lived there. It was kind of crazy, too, because the pandemic went through as I was writing the book. Mm-hmm. And when Straub lived there, you know, the 1918 pandemic went through, the, the Spanish flu. Right. And Minersville was one of the biggest in my research was the hardest hit with the flu epidemic back in those days. So one of my thoughts was that that would might've been a temporary hospital because they, they had tents down the road um, from the mansion to take care of the, the patients and stuff and all the, the people that were dying of the, of the flu back then. So I would think that maybe some of those patients went, were in that doctor in the mansion as Dr. Straub lived there. Yeah. It makes sense. I'm sure most of his patients probably had that problem at the time of the flu. Right. So, excuse me. So we went, ended up going there. Then usually when I go to a place, I go get what I feel. Then I'll have a medium or something. So I can feel a lot of stuff and see stuff. I don't see it when I'm there. I see it when I'm not there. I close my eyes or I have a, I have my own gifts and abilities. That the, so is it almost like after the fact you imagine that you're there? I like concentrate on a place. I, get, I start seeing things. I'll have like visions. There's things that come out in like midair and I see them. Okay. Like, like a video play out in midair. Um, it happened to me before even going to the mansion. I didn't, before I've been even told about the mansion and then these things related to the mansion. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I'll take a medium there that actually can see the spirit. Like they'll be able to know like the person's there or this, they can, they can see it more as they're there. So the medium went there and a lot of things she felt came true years later with research and stuff and things I seen, a lot of things became, you know, got validated. It was just a really amazing experience to go through for those three years and get validated with a lot of things. And the medium, she saw like the Straub. I have a group called the Spirit Society that I formed on Facebook. It's, it's people that are gifted, not all of them. There's only a couple hundred people. Many of them are gifted. We do a lot of things on the side with missing persons, cold cases, things like that. 
and I would post stuff with them or send them pictures. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't tell each one what they what it was about, just send them pictures and ask them what they see. And they, a lot of them saw Dr. Straub. And Dr. Straub, his son, his one son they saw. Now, how were you able to confirm that it was Dr. Straub? Did you have a a picture of him that you kind of confirmed from what they're described to the person? Yeah, I have, from research, I have a lot of documents and pictures and stuff. So I would send pictures out and say, can you tell me which one of these the person you saw? Right. And it would be him. They'd pick out this guy. They would describe him. Exactly. I honestly believe he is still roaming those halls of that mansion and his son is still there and there's other ones that are still there it's like a there's a lot of layers to this place it and almost sounds like they might have liked the property so much they just didn't want to leave yeah to me it, there's from all the people being there i honestly believe they're still there from the history of the home that lived there the residents and then things that might have happened in the mansion those energy spirits whatever are still some of them are still there and i think there's there's like an underlying negative feel to the mansion sometimes. And every time I went there, it was a different feel. And I wrote in the book, there was it would feel different. I would describe it in the book how I felt each time I went there. And I think there's a there's always it felt good, but there's always like a negative it's like underlying current I described it of being there sometimes. And to me, the negativity was like drawn in. It just doesn't like come. It's something draws that type of thing in. Now, did you feel like you were in danger at all while you were investigating the home? No, I never, I never really felt in danger at all. Um, or Teresa and I'm living there; they never really felt in danger. They, they got scared a few times because, you know, they would hear voices. They get woken up. They would see a child walk up the steps that wasn't their child. <laughs> they would. See... Yeah, that would definitely startle me. That's for sure. <laughs> Especially if you're not expecting it. Yep. <laughs> They had a lot of experiences living at the mansion. I mean, I described many of them in the book, but I'm sure I didn't cover all of them. There's so much more that, you know, they live there. There's so, things, so, much, so many things that happened to them. So some of the things that happened, was it, mo- was it like mostly you seeing a figure or something was moving or just hearing sounds mostly? Um, I got touched. I got my shoulder touched at first. Probably, I would say within 30 minutes or so of being there, I got pushed on my right shoulder and there was nobody around me we heard the cough we heard the cat jump down then to find out later um over the years that people were witnessing a cat there a ghost cat it would walk and then just disappear in a thin air well that that would that would start on me also (laughs) multiple people seen this this cat disappear and there's other things like the, the one man uh, named John. He was the handyman. He was the one doing the renovating and fixing the place up. He saw the second floor where a lot of activity, seemed to, a lot of activity happened on the second floor. He was working and he heard something and he looked over the hallway, which is at the top of the cover of my book. That's the actual one of the hallways, I mean, staircases in the, in the mansion, the cover of my book. Mm-hmm. At the top of that stairway, he was working beyond that doorway and he looked over and how he described it is he saw a man, a figure, like a male figure walk by the doorway and he put his fingers on each side of his head like horns. And he said, and he had these red glowing eyes. He looked at me and he just walked and he went like right, right through the wall. The figure actually made like horns on the side of his head. 
he he described them as putting horns on the side yeah. of his head to show me what he was seeing. He oh, okay. Said it had like it had like horns on it. So wow. It had this figure, and it had red glowing eyes. So yeah, that's like, something you don't hear every day. That's for sure. <laughs> so it's like there's this underlying, like I said, this negative current, and and something draws brings that in. So what that is and who. I, I have, I'm not sure. Yeah, that almost theory, sounds like it would be more of a demon type of figure yeah, but or I never, paranormal. Yeah, I never, I never seen that there or felt that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was times you kind of the energy of the place feels off because you get different. Everybody feels energy to me. You could feel that, like you get chills or whatever. You right. feel the energy around, and like the house always had a different feel when each time you went there. I have a Facebook page, Jeffrey A. Dangler on Facebook, and on Amazon where you can buy the book, there's an author page, and on that you have videos and I have pictures and stuff on there. You'll see some of the videos where John is on there describing the the horn figure. The son is describing the cat that disappeared in thin air. I mean, those videos and those footages I posted. And the other good thing about this experience, well, this property is multiple people seem like they had different experiences. Some of them having the same, seeing the same person, like you said, but it's multiple yeah. people seeing these things. It's not just one person for per se. Right. That's what's really cool about it is to get validated by all these different people. And these people, like you said, on the Spirit Society, they're from all over the world. Right. And they don't know the other person said this or that. They, I'm just going talking to them and showing a picture and they can get off get feelings off picture because everything holds energy just like photographs do. And they can, like I can, pick up on energy of the picture. Multiple people, like you said, picked up on the same type of energy in this house. Now, it seems like you have been doing quite a bit of ghost investigating over the years. Is this one of your favorite investigations? Yeah, it's probably one of the most... Most active, I guess? Most haunted places I went to, um, most activity. We even, there's only... Oli, Pennsylvania is not far from me, and I believe that <laughs> that whole village is haunted. There's so many different farms I went to over the years that are just so active with paranormal activity. But the mansion is just an amazing place from the look of it, stepping back in time, you know, everything about it, just when you walk in there, then plus all the activity, it just, it just was an amazing place. And what I find really interesting is some people will say, well, I know people that live there and they never experienced anything well that that could really be you know the truth there's yeah that happens and the house that's in my was start a lot of this stuff for me is there's a a lake near me and we had we it was a house in the family for over 40 years 30 40 years and i experienced probably everything you could in a haunting in this house so i i did my mom did my brother never did my sister like they never had experience once. So there is the reason for that. That could be multiple reasons, but it happened in my house. So it could happen at the mansion or wherever that people couldn't live there. And for whatever reason, they just said, you know, it was this or that, or just disregarded what happened or didn't want to tell people because they just don't want people to know because everybody thinks you're nuts when you talk about stuff like that. Sure. A lot of people. people don't like to speak up about this kind of stories or experiences, but also right. it's not guaranteed it's going to happen to everybody. Exactly. Yeah, because I hear, you know, a lot of times, well, we live there, or we were there, or we visited there, and there was nothing like that. That's that's probably true. I believe that. Yeah, and everybody seems to have their own personal experiences that are a little different from the other people. No two people seem to have the same, I guess I'm trying to say. 
And also, I just want to touch on you. When you were talking about seeing images and stuff like that, do you think that really helps you as a paranormal investigator? Yeah. Um, years ago, it was just, it was like me and my wife. And that's what started it all, living at home. And then it like it always came to us. We never really, really searched for it. It just seems like it always ends up coming to us and we help people because we would be at somebody's house or a friend would know that we lived in a haunted house and said, well, let me contact Jeff or his wife, you know, and see, maybe they can give you answers. So we started doing that. And then one thing led to another. And then it just seemed to always people contact me on Facebook or would text us or whatever and say, Hey, I have a relative or a friend that needs help or this business is having activity. They just started and it just kept rolling from there. We just kept helping people. So I know how you said growing up, you had a bunch of personal experiences at your family's home. How did you kind of realize you had the special skill to sort of see things like a medium? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I was, I mean, to me, everybody's intuitive. You're born that way. I think everybody has their own gift, but over time you start blocking it or however you want to describe it. Um, But I think everybody has their own, their own abilities, their own gifts or everybody's intuitive. And I, I was always like that, but what kind of pushed me into all this more and seeing things is it was around 2014 or 15, somewhere in that area. I was working on a documentary, a World War II documentary, which I used to work in TV and film years ago. And I always tried staying with it. So I was doing this World War II documentary Mm -hmm. back then. And I always did sets and props. And there was an explosion. It was actually like the war scene one thing that I had in my hand right in front of me exploded like in my face and I lost my hearing. I was, I went totally deaf. My wife was there, the director, the German, like the guys all came running to me and it was all in slow motion. Like you would see in a movie, everything was slow motion. I see people yelling, but and talking like they're not, everything's slow. I couldn't hear anything. They took me to the hospital emergency room. Like I blew, like I blew my eardrums out as we're going to the hospital. I started hearing this. Only way I could describe it is an old radio dial. You grab the dial and just keep spinning it, and you hear the frequency in and out of the stations and stuff really quick. I kept hearing that in my head really loud. And wherever that frequency ended up stopping, I started hearing stuff. Just that trauma of the explosion kicked in something. And ever since that trauma of that explosion, I started hearing hearing spirit. I could tune into spirit. I can get messages for people. I can tune into buildings, look at pictures, and get the energy off the pictures, all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's very interesting how that trauma sort of sparked this. Yeah, and it, and I didn't know that, but over time now, from the, my experience, that's one of the ways you know many people open up their gifts and stuff, or their abilities, or whatever you want to. I'm not I'm not one to label and you know have titles and all that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. just. I don't even know what I, you call what I do. I mean, I don't label nothing, but... Right. Yeah, no, it's just a it special in. gift that you have, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, to me, it's, it's really a really humbling experience to be able to do that. I mean, I never, I just, it's just really humbling to be able to do that. And it's good to help people and... Yeah, know, it definitely seems like it comes in handy with all your paranormal investigating, but you're also helping people at the same time. Right, and that's the main thing to me. Like, we don't, we go to houses, we went to many houses, many businesses, and we, we don't ask for nothing. We just, we do it because we experienced it. We lived it. We know what it's like to, to go through that kind of stuff. And people think you're nuts when you tell me you have a haunting. So 
it was always like a push for me to to help other people so they didn't think they were nuts or you know somebody because we go to a house as soon as you walk into a house almost every single family is standing there and they have a look of fear like the devil's in their house because they they see tv their perception yep is that the haunting is something bad yep they first go to the bad but they don't believe they don't see the good that it could be they don't see right. how it's just basically a, a spirit of a person who doesn't want to leave the property doesn't necessarily want to harm you it might just it might play a joke on you every once in a while i hear some spirits like this cause a little trouble but in the grand right. scheme of things it doesn't seem like there's many out there that want to cause harm you're right. Yeah, it's it's all perception to me, and why people's perception is the way it is is mostly because of TV, film, and you know, scaria. And once we get in there and give them the tools, to to me, it's about empowerment and taking. They have control of their own space, and once we tell them that and how to take control of their own house again, we leave and we explain everything to them. That face of fear and complete terror in their in their eyes is gone it's like a big sigh of relief and they look so much calmer and they're happier when we leave and it that that part of the whole thing is what why i do it right and that that's something that people need or they will be afraid to live in their own homes right and even like some people say well i got my clothes my shoulder got uh my elbow got grabbed well and then right away they think that you know like i said it's, it's evil and it's the devil and it's, they're gonna get hurt and i'm like no it's not it's not it it there is, I believe there is bad, there's good and bad. There has to be balance. So if there's sure, yep. good, there's bad, but chances are it's something demonic or whatever your belief system is, is pretty, pretty, pretty slim in my, in my opinion, in my experience. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah, like I said, it's all perception to me is like a subject I like talking about because I said, know why people perceive what they perceive. And I know just myself, once I started this podcast, it's amazing the amount of stories that this part of Pennsylvania has. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. And I think it has something to do with our history here. I, I don't know. It just it really amazed me the amount of stories that people come out that I keep discovering every day. Yeah, there's so many so many homes. Um, to me, I think every, every place that has activity, I just think there's energy and it's just everywhere. We went my old house by the lake um, in Cushtown here where I live, everywhere. There's so many houses we went to, and it's just like it could be anywhere. And most of them are pretty much the same. It's either, you know, somebody that lived there prior or a family or they brought something in from an antique store. Because some people don't believe it till I show them that everything holds energy. And they might have brought something from an antique place or a yard sale or whatever. And that thing might have energy and bring your house. Because they'll say to me, we lived here 20 years and never had one thing happen to our house. And all of a sudden, it just started happening. I'm like, what changed? Is it something, something had to change from when it didn't to when you started having activity? What, what changed your life? What did you do? Did you bring anything in? I ask them all these questions to figure out what changed at that period of time. And sometimes they... They went to a yard sale. They went this or somebody gave them something. And once they removed that from the property, it stopped. And yeah. they didn't believe me yep. until actually they did it. I didn't hear too much of the actual items bring into a home. I did hear a few stories of that. But mostly yeah. what I heard of is it seems like construction or something like that, remodeling a home sort of sparks something too. Yeah, there's so many different reasons. Um, a lot of people just think like a haunting black and white. It's either this or that. It's not. There's just so many different things that could be causes of it. And that's one of them is, to me, it's, it's, it's the 
disruption of energy of the home, like they might not, if they lived there prior and you're ripping walls out and doing all kinds of stuff and, you know, before no activity, you live there 10 years and all of a sudden you start remodeling and ripping stuff out and changing the whole place and you start getting activity. That could be disrupting the energy of the home and the past homeowner don't like what you're doing. Sure. And they, they make it, they make themselves known to let you know that. And I'm sure a lot of these things, let it be an item that someone brought in their house, construction, something just changing in the home. It isn't something they think about when they start right. getting a paranormal experiences. They sort of overlook that fact. Right. And then once we explain it to them and everything, you know, eases and they can live their normal life again, you know, they believe all this stuff. And like I said, when you first go there, they don't think of any of that stuff. Like you said, it's all right away oh my god it's a horror movie it's evil you know all yep. this stuff which i can understand it looking outside things i you know if i wouldn't know it in the experiences i had i would probably perceive it the same way of course because of all the hollywood movies and stuff like that right. their perception of it all right and the only time i really felt like a negative in all the years there was one time and that was like i said the mansion had like this current of like this this weird feel to it sometimes but down uh, in Oli, there was a farm that just wasn't, it was, wasn't good. And that's the only time I ever experienced that. That's another story. That's a long story. <laughs> we'll have to have you back on again sometime <laughs> to share some of the other experiences. Because that's not even, that's not just my experience. That's three guys that were together and all experienced the same thing in their house within two weeks. The same person, same entity, the same whatever, whatever you want to label it. Right. But yeah, that was a an interesting story. Well, definitely uh, seems like you have more stories to share. I'd definitely like <laughs> to have you back on for another episode. That's for sure. Oh, uh, sure, that'd be great. Yeah, the one I want to keep writing stuff, and I have another book coming out. Another haunting I went to, another home, a different story. It's a great story. It's different than the, the mansion story, and I have like seventeen short stories written. I want to get out eventually, and a lot of those stories are from the house by the lake that I was talking about earlier. So they're all paranormal related. Right. Yep. And if anyone was interested in getting the Minersville Mansion book, where would they find that at? Or where would be the best place to pick it up? If you're in the Schuylkill County area, you can get it at the Schuylkill County Historical Society. They have it in their gift shop. If not, um, Amazon. Paperback is on Amazon. You can get the ebook on Amazon. Plus, you can get the ebook on pretty much any platform worldwide. And if anyone was interested in contacting you or your group, are you guys on Facebook or have a website? I don't really advertise or nothing. Usually it just comes to us a lot. We don't really look out for it. People just contact us and know through word of mouth. And that's how it's been through all these years. I do have a, a Facebook page. My name, Jeffrey A. Dangler. It shows it's all about the mansion, it has videos, pictures, all that stuff on it. People, some of the things I just um, talked about, that actual footage is on there. They could view, they could hear the boy. We captured a boy in the attic, captured the boy numerous times at the mansion. I have a video, a couple of videos on there where you can actually hear the boy's voice that we captured. Okay, well, I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. And it was a very interesting story of the Minersville Mansion. I definitely have to pick up this book. Yeah, please do. I'd love to hear what you uh, feedback from you and see what you uh, think about it. Think I certainly will. Thanks again. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Creepy Side of NEPA. If you haven't already, please follow WNEP's Creepy Side of NEPA on Facebook and also subscribe to us on YouTube. Until next time, enjoy the Creepy Side of NEPA. This has been the Creepy Side of NEPA. If you have a spooky story that took place in northeastern or central Pennsylvania, send it to ghost at WNEP.com.
for your chance to share it on an upcoming episode. We're dying to hear from you. <laughs>